Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Well, God, we come to you during this time of Lent, during the season where we prepare ourselves for resurrection, as we look to see who we are and how we can grow closer to you. So, God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. One of the things that I enjoy about the season of Lent, it, it gives us an opportunity to evaluate, evaluate who we are and, and how we grow in our relationship with God. And part of that is by participating in some spiritual practices, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But a gentleman uh, who wrote a book about 1978 called Celebrations of Discipline, uh, Richard Foster. He wrote this book and had an idea of spiritual practices because he believed back in 1978 that the biggest curse of our age was superficiality. Fast forward about 40 years from now, and, and I would say that that's still... One of the biggest curses of our age is this being superficial, this, this being very surface-driven. <clears throat> I remember when I was in college, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being superficial. So I, I tried to strike a certain phrase out of my vocabulary. And that phrase was, how are you doing? Like if I were walking along the street and I would meet Richard, I'd go, Richard, hi, how are you doing? I didn't care how Richard was doing. Not because I don't like Richard. I love Richard. But, you know, that was just one of those phrases that you just came out of your mouth. It was an extended greeting. Because if you actually took the time to really know how someone else was doing, it would take a way that this, this it would add a, a dynamic that maybe you didn't really want to have at that moment. So I tried really hard to not say, how are you doing? Because I didn't want to be superficial, which made me be more standoffish than willing to relate with others. Another thing that Richard Foster and other people in the spiritual formation genre would say that people dealt with was hurried sickness, hurried sickness. There was a way that we just try to run from one place or another. John Ortberg was a pastor, and he moved from his home to Chicago and got very active and very busy in this new church that he was involved with. And one day he reached out to his mentor, Dallas Willard, over a long-distance phone call, and he said, Dallas, I really need to know. How can I grow spiritually? 
How can I make sure that I'm cultivating an atmosphere where I can just be fully in tune with what God is calling me to do? And there was a long silence on the other end of the phone. And Alice Willard said these words. He says that you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. John Orberg was like, great, got that written down. What else? <laughs> Some of you got it. <laughs> Another long pause. And Alice Willard said, that's it. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your lives. During this Lenten season, I'm giving you an invitation, an invitation to participate in some spiritual practices. Now, some people, when they hear spiritual practices, they say, well, this is just one of those things that people try to earn their way into heaven. And it's not at all. Because we know that there is nothing we can do to earn our way into heaven. That's the work that God does. That's the work that Jesus has done for us. But the reason why we participate in these spiritual practices is not so that we get into heaven, but it's so that we can get a little bit of heaven into ourselves. So last week we had uh, Reverend Dr. Henderson come and preach, and we weren't able to do the first uh, practice, so we're going to kind of go over that uh, this morning. It was about solitude. Anybody take one of those sheets home and have a chance to practice solitude last week? Okay, okay, okay. thank you, Beverly. So we, we had a chance to eliminate noise so that we can have more listening. Eliminate the noise in our lives so that we can be, have the opportunity to listen to what it is that God is calling us to do. And, and the exercise was a simple one. Just to take five minutes out of your day to put, put away everything. Put away your cell phone. Turn off the television. Maybe get away from family. Get away from those mom or dad duties that you have to do. And just sit there and be in the presence of God. The sheet talked about putting those worries and those fears that you have and just putting them on a conveyor belt and let them go away from you so you can be more open to what God is doing. Some of the people who helped fold the bulletins, they uh, texted me when they saw that and they said, we're, we're what we call see, uh, seasoned saints and what if we put things on that conveyor belt and it never comes back? I said, well, that's a good thing. Because maybe those things that you had on the conveyor belt that you let go during that time that you were with God, maybe you weren't supposed to be dealing with those things. Those important things that are, you're supposed to remember, those important things that you're supposed to attend to, they will be there when you are done. But the whole purpose of letting those things go, to allow you to listen, to hear how God is moving in your life and sharing the good news so that you can feel it and live an abundant life in Christ. <clears throat> this week, we have an invitation to fast. Now, that can be a scary phrase for some people. But see, fasting is not a scary thing. 
But I think what is scary is the way that we place this on some kind of plane where it's not attainable to ordinary people. But in all actuality, it's attainable for each and every one of us so that we can let go of consumption and have more compassion for others. Our scripture is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. You may be familiar with this if you were at our Ash Wednesday services. This was a part of the lectionary that evening. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, And when you fast, don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites. They distort their faces so people will know that they are fasting. I assure you that they have their reward. But when you fast, brush your hair and wash your face. Then you won't look like you are fasting to people but only to your Father who is present in that secret place. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So what is fasting? A simple definition of fasting is that it is abstaining from something so that you can center on God. Fasting is a way that you are opening yourself to God so that God may move in your life. John Piper, I love the way that he talks about fasting. He says that fasting is putting down stuff so that you can hug God. Putting down stuff so that you can hug God. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I I like to grab all the things around me and I have my hands full that when it comes time to have the quiet time with God or it comes time to, to hear what God is wanting me to do, I'm so busy and I have all of these other things that I'm juggling that I don't have time to listen. But fasting allows us the opportunity just to put those things away. To maybe set something aside for a period of time and then use that time to hear what God is calling you to do. The question always comes up, is fasting something that Christians are required to do? Well, technically, no. We're not required to fast. But, however, if you listen to Our scripture today, Jesus had a specific word when he talked about fasting. Jesus said twice in this passage, when you fast. He doesn't say if you feel like you want to fast or if the occasion comes around where you have some free time and you decide to fast. But Jesus says when you fast. Fast. See, fasting is a big part of the Christian Judeo history and is also a part of several other world religions out there today. The fasting was an important time for people to let go of food and allow that time where they would eat to, to focus on God. But Jesus had a specific word because the Pharisees did this all the time. And when the Pharisees did it, they stood 
out in the temples, like Sandy was talking about during their children's time. They would stand out in the middle and say, oh, look at how wonderful I am. My stomach is growling. Maybe you can hear it. Can you hear my stomach? I have been fasting for so long, and, and I am so miserable because I'm so close to God. And Jesus was saying, no, that's not how you do it, because then you will get that reward. That reward of people patting you on the back and saying, good job, but the real reason to fast is so that you can get closer to God. And when you do that in secret, when you, when you hide the, the, the things about fasting, you, you comb your hair if you have hair, you, you brush your teeth, you, you make sure that you are looking healthy, that God and you will have this relationship that you can grow with him. Well, the question comes, besides food, what else can you fast from? Because if we're honest with ourselves in this world full of consumption, we have many more things that we probably should fast from besides food. Electronics are one of those things. I tell you, I am attached to my cell phone. I will admit that. When I have my cell phone, I'm always looking at it. And I'm always playing games or looking at email or, or sending text or looking at the sports pages or all of those type of things. You know, I need to take time to put that aside. And instead of, of browsing the Internet or browsing apps, I need to take time to be in tune to who God is. See, fasting, as I said before, is a way for us to let go of this need to consume. And it gives us the opportunity to turn that time into compassion. Being a first world society, we know that we consume over 80% of our world's resources. At least third world countries, which vast, a vast larger area than what we have in the first world with only 20%. So when we are consuming less, we understand that there are people who don't have the food that we have. We don't have the joys of electronics, don't have clean water to drink. But when we fast, God uses that time to connect us with them so that we can reach out and be compassionate. See, fasting gives us a way to, to balance our lives. This past week during my disciple class in the morning, we were talking about love and talking about how uh, through Galatians, how we were called to love others. And a verse kept coming through my mind. It wasn't in Galatians, but it was in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10.23 reminds us that everything is permitted, but everything isn't beneficial. Everything is permitted, but everything doesn't build others up. So when we have this call to fast... When we have this call to give up stuff, think about those things that are permissible to us. 
those those privileges, those benefits that we have living here in the middle of the United States in Royce City, Texas. And think about what are those things that maybe benef- that, that are permissible for me to do that really aren't beneficial? And how can I give those things up so that God may move inside of my life? so that I may then strengthen others with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So when we take time to fast from media, from food, from shopping, from sports. Last week during the early service, Dr. Henderson talked about how he was going to give, away, give up of television during Lent. But then he realized that he would have to give up March Madness. And he had to think about that for a little bit. So maybe we need to get rid of, give up sports, except baseball. <laughs> because, you know, baseball is one of the, the first sport mentioned in the Bible. You know that? In the big inning, God created heaven. <laughs> now maybe we need to give up those things that occupy a lot of our time so that we can hear God's calling in our lives and so that we can make a difference as Christ has made a difference for us. Let us pray. Dear God, you have called us to be open to your word. You have called us to to experience less so that we may receive more from you. So God, our call for this week is to experience less consumption. To think about how we can let go of things so that your compassion may live in our hearts and in our minds. You call us to see how things that we have in our lives may get in the way. Not only get in the way of our relationship with you, but get in the way of our relationships with others. Help us to take those opportunities and to prune them away so that we can be full of your love, of your grace of your compassion. And we pray this in the name of the one who loves us abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, in your bulletin, there is a sheet that has less equals more, and it talks about fasting. And this is more geared towards taking a a food fast. But you can alternate this, or you, you can change it up a little bit to maybe express the need that you have to give up something so that God may come into your life more. One of the ways that I saw is to give up any type of media from 8 p.m. until you go to bed, and then taking that time to be with God or be with family or be with friends 
and really enjoy that time together so that God may work in that space so that you can be freed from this need to consume. 